0: I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGL report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.
1: What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. I am your host, Michael Peterson, and today we've got my good buddy, Gavino Borquez, Chargers Wire editor, uh, back with us today to talk Falcons matchup this week, and of course, we're going to touch on draft picks. We love talking about draft prospects, and today specifically, we're just going to be going over quite a handful of guys that we think could be up for grabs wherever the Chargers may pick um, in the top 10, which is what it seems like they will be doing. Gavino, how's it going? Really good, Mike. How about yourself? I'm not too bad. It's a dreary, rainy
2: Friday here in Iowa, where I'm at. And uh, you're still in the Phoenix area, aren't you? Yeah, we actually got some rain, surprisingly, which is hardly the case here. If you've ever been to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I was thrown off guard by it, honestly. Just walked out of my apartment, saw that it was raining, which it rained overnight, and um, it's... uh, it's been pretty humid since so something that we're all not used to and i totally forgot that it rained here because it's been so long since we've gotten that but other than that conditions have been great
1: that's good that is quite the difference and the humidity absolutely sucks um, and i don't wish that upon anybody but it sounds like we're both experiencing dreary weather uh which is kind of good weather to record podcasts And things of that nature. So today, guys, like I said, game preview draft prospects, we're going to go ahead and jump into the game preview this week. So uh, we're playing the four and nine, I believe they are something like that. Um, Atlanta Falcons, this team started very rough was known for essentially just kind of what the Chargers have been doing all season, but the Falcons, in a way, were able to kind of turn those blown leads around, especially once they got rid of Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris has been very good for the team at least the last month and a half. Um, so this looks like one of the the possible wins the Chargers could have to end the year. There's four games left, you've got the Falcons and then they finish up with, I believe the order is Broncos, Raiders and then Chiefs to end the season. I always hate ending the season against the Chiefs because it's always gonna be a bad note to end on kind of no matter what, unless they're able to pull off you know, a 2018-esque uh, win there. But this week, uh, the big news with the Falcons is Julio Jones is not playing this week. Um, it makes a tough Atlanta pass offense much less intimidating. They still got a really good receiver in Calvin Ridley. Uh, what does that mean for the Chargers secondary to not have to worry about a receiver like Julio Jones? Um,
2: honestly, I think it takes a little bit of pressure, especially um, when you factor in uh, how um, – up and down Casey Hayward has been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Harris has has done well, I would say, uh, for the most part since returning from the injury, and then Michael Davis has been playing solid. But um we look on paper, the past defense has been decent, I would say, just the numbers, but um just because teams haven't been throwing against the Chargers. Um, they've been running the football. But I think it just all starts with the the pressure up front. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is fourth in in total yardage and passing yards and he could look to take advantage of a a weak pass rush um, and target Calvin Ridley early and often as well as his other um, targets or pass catchers so um, I would say with Julio being out that's huge but again that doesn't really necessarily mean that uh, they're gonna sway away um, from the pass or that they're going to not do well in that department?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it just means that the thing they want to do past the ball is just not gonna be as effective or, or to the level that they, they want it to be. So this is the 11th overall offense in terms of yards gained uh, on average. Uh, they average 371.3. They are the seventh best passing offense, averaging 270.6. And then this is the 25th rushing offense. They only average 100.7 per game. I think Todd Gurley has less than 700 yards on the year, six or seven touchdowns. He's been fine, but he's definitely, you know, even with a change of scenery, he hasn't been the Todd Gurley that we were used to, you know, just several years ago, the guy that was offensive player of the year. And all that. They've got guys like ito Smith, Brian Hill, some lesser names that you know steal into his his carries and, and steal into his time. So uh overall it's not that great of uh a rushing unit. And, and so, like you said, they're they're gonna pass, but if the Chargers can, you know, do what they can to contain Calvin Ridley, who is a complete wide receiver. I mean, this team has two legitimate wide receiver ones. Uh, He can affect you everywhere. He can hurt you anywhere on the field. So this isn't like take away the deep ball, you'll be cool. Take away the intermediate short, you'll be fine. They have to be on Calvin Ridley essentially every snap of this game. He has, I think, 30 less yards than Keenan Allen does on the season. I think 900 compared to 930-something for Allen. But he has like 20 to 30 less catches than Allen does. So it just kind of paints a picture of a guy who has shown – to be one of the better deep ball catchers in the NFL. Um, But again, looking at this defense, those flip sides of the ball here, Atlanta has the 27th overall defense. 27th. So 394 yards per game. So this could be what I would like to think it's it's a shootout. And uh, I was reading a CBS article that said, they thought the Falcons were going to win 33, 30, but you know, whoever wins, you know, that's whatever, but it looks like there's going to be fireworks, right? People are going to put up points. So they allow 394 yards total. They are the 30th pass defense averaging 285 let up through the air. But again, their run defense has been much better. It's been much improved from earlier this season. They are the 12th rushing defense allowing 109.2 yards. So in this game, You know, you see that pass rank, right? You see that they struggle with the pass, but, you know, who knows if, if Anthony Lynn isn't going to try to pound the rock? You know, you hope they take a game plan like they did against and and they let Herbert cook. But if they try to run Eckler too much, if they try to get K.U. and too involved, you know, this offense isn't going to be able to find the confidence that it needs to really bounce back after a lot of poor performances over the last month. Uh, Do you kind of feel like this might be something Anthony Lynn does, you know, maybe
2: not let Herbert cook as much as he should in this one? I can see him... Given like the recent performances um and just seeing like how many times like Herbert's thrown the ball and just like how bad the offensive line has been, um, I could see him like taking away the ball from Herbert just a little bit. Um, however, just given how bad that pass defense is, it kind of gives me a reason to believe that he's not. But again, it all starts up front, and just like on the other side of the ball, and the Falcons are really good at pressuring opposing. Quarterbacks, um, you know, again, their secondary isn't that great, but they will get two quarterbacks at a high level. And given how bad the offensive line has been for the Chargers, I could see that being an issue. And then again, we know that Lynn will kind of just like, all right, let's start running the ball. Um, I'm just trying to protect my quarterback. He went that route um, a few weeks ago. um, And I could see that being the case as well, especially if the offensive line is struggling. Um, but then again, when you look at how well the Falcons defend the run, that's another thing, um, you know, Eckler, he can go up against the, some of the league's best run defenses and still flourish. And I can see that being the case now. And it's good to see him back and he's making the most of each carry, but, um, yeah, you know, I expect Herbert to kind of bounce back, but at the same time, it's just like, how well is this offensive line going to play against, um, some solid, uh interior defensive linemen they have some pretty good edge defenders as well so i think it just all depends on how the the trenches fare um so that's how i kind of see it playing out but you'd expect herbert to have a bounce back performance after Mm -hmm. having his worst against the patriots last weekend
1: yeah, and I think it's what we're all hoping. You know, we want Justin Herbert to, to reach these records. We want him to break, you know, Baker's passing touchdowns record. I believe he's four or five off from doing that. Um, it'll be a tough ask for him to break Andrew Luck's passing yards record. I believe it's like a little over 300. I think he's on pace to do it, but it, he, he just has to get back to kind of that Superman form that he was. Uh, this Falcon defense, like you said, has some good playmakers. Um, Deion Jones, again, one of the most athletic, fastest linebackers in the NFL. Grady Jarrett, a phenomenal penetrating defensive tackle. And one lesser known guy who, who's been injured a bit the last couple of seasons, but that's Keanu Neal, who is a headhunter. You know, this guy, he it doesn't matter if he's got his own teammates in front of him. You know, if you're between him and the ball, he's going through you. So definitely some guys to kind of keep an eye on, guys who can take advantage of some shaky play should the Chargers offense come out. Um, and just not be where they need to and and quickly before we we get into these draft picks um, obviously the offense has struggled you know uh, this game against the Patriots was the first time Herbert didn't throw at least a touchdown score at least one touchdown Um, he still threw for you know over 200 yards so it wasn't his worst outing passing wise but it just was a very discombobulated very much unprepared looking effort from the Chargers so uh, one thing that some people I've seen bring up is the lack of mobility in the offense for Herbert. So there's been a lack of play action passes, boot outs, rollouts, um, just overall, I mean, even like, uh, RPOs read options, things that get him move the pocket or let him actually run the ball a little bit. Um, I know he's thrown it a lot, but he does so much more than just throwing it and, and Justin Herbert was picked because Philip Rivers is gone and they need or they wanted to have a different type of quarterback than Philip Rivers. So if you're going to treat this young quarterback like he's another statue in the pocket immovable, you know, object, then this is I think this is the outcome that you're going to see. So I don't see how they don't get back to the sprint outs, the rollouts, and stuff like that, that Herbert had so much success with early in his career. Um, Have you kind of noticed this or is it just me?
2: No, and I'm pretty sure against the Patriots they only had like one rollout and zero RPOs if I'm not mistaken. So it's just literally one passing call centered around his mobility. That's not good. And then when you kind of look at week one when Tyrod was the, the starter, I mean they had him making just those quick and and simple throws and with Herbert they're making him do like these long um, step drops and, and everything and it's just making it seem a lot more difficult and they're not even taking advantage of his mo- advantage of his mobility, which is his, uh, one of his strong suits. Um, he's an athletic guy and he can run the football, but when you see him being like a Phillip rivers, um, it's just, you know, why'd you let go of rivers? And that's what has been brought up. And especially against the Patriots when, you know, they had him on, I'm pretty sure it was him rolling out and he, that's when he threw it to the opposite, um, side of the field Mm -hmm. um, just literally across his body and I'm like what is this this play calling and it just doesn't fit his uh his overall skill set and his strengths and that's another reason why they're calling for Anthony Lynn's job and just just you know he has fans scratching their head like come on you know it's it's very piss poor and it can't happen in these last four weeks we need to see changes to the play calling to actually maximize uh, Justin Herbert's strengths and his skill set. So I agree with you 100%, and that's something I'm gonna be looking for this weekend. Yeah, we're all gonna be hoping for them to essentially unlock, like they,
1: Herbert was unlocked, right? Like they were doing things with him that we wanted. They locked him up for whatever reason, and we're hoping to kind of open that door. Again, this is the healthiest the team has been in quite some time. I believe there was three players on the injury report Uh, The team announced today, Troy Maine Pope and Joe Reed are questionable while Denzel Perryman is doubtful. Um, So you've got all your guys, you've got your offensive line, you've got your secondary, um, you know, obviously minus Derwin James, but you've got your team, like what you have available is here. So we're hoping for, uh, you know, the best bounce back game that we can possibly imagine would be huge for this team's offense, especially going uh, from that loss this past Sunday. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to these draft prospects. We love talking about the draft. It's one of the most wonderful seasons of the year. And if you're obsessive enough with it, all year is draft season. And um, it's something that I kind of went away once I started covering NFL a little bit more um, consistently, but I can't get enough of prospect stuff and neither can you. So guys, we're going to be talking about, essentially I've got, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, about 10 guys here that we've all seen, at one point mocked to the Chargers, whether it's their pick at four, whether they were picking the, the 9, 8, 10 area. Um, a lot of guys here all impactful. And there's about four different positions here. We've got offensive line, edge. Cornerback, wide receiver, and then tight end, if you want to count uh, Florida's Kyle Pitts as a traditional. He's more of like a wide receiver, but we count him anyway. Um, first off is, is one of your favorite guys. You have kind of made me fall in love with him a little bit more. It is a uh, edge rusher from University of Michigan, Quiddy Pay, 64271. Uh, just give us quick your thoughts on, on why you love Pay so much.
2: Yeah, so I love Pay. Um, really aren't going to find a lot of guys. Like him, you know, given 6'4, 271, and just how he moves. A former high school running back, um, just fresh, like just right out of his stance, you know, he's going to get in the backfield. He's going to beat blockers to the spot. Um, He plays with a lot of power, he plays with a lot of energy. Um, He's still working on his counters, and I still think that's a, a thing that he needs to continue to develop at the next level, but he shows a lot of promise and he shows like a developing toolbox with his hands and just like his complete arsenal. And with the chargers, I think you can kind of, like they like to do with their uh, um, defensive linemen, move them up and down a little bit. You know, you're gonna keep him uh, on the outside, but I think you can play the Leo. I also think he can play the big end and I think you can even kick him inside, but just that athleticism. Um, he has to to beat uh, NFL offensive linemen it's there he's a senior we know at the Chargers COVID uh, experience and uh, he just does a really good job at generating pressure which the Chargers have struggled uh, to do Um, and it's been pretty evident especially with Melvin Ingram becoming a free agent after the season Uh, it's clear that they don't really see a large role in Uchen and Iwosu. Um, you know, Jerry Tillery, they kind of experimented with him outside and, you know, he seems like he's gonna be a little bit better at the defensive tackle position. I don't see so much promise, um, at the uh, defensive end spot. And now they're down to Isaac Rochelle, who I still think he's more of a situational rusher. He's not gonna be your starter. Um, and that's why it's such a glaring need. And I think it's probably the most glaring need, um, yes, offensive lines, up there but you know penny sewell's gone Mm -hmm. i feel that's kind of a a reach and um i've been doing more and more homework on these offensive linemen there's a lot of promising ones that can be found in day two but quiddy page is an athletic freak number one on bruce feldman's list and uh it's clear from the numbers and if you turn on the tape he's going to get to quarterbacks and he does a good job at defending the run as well
1: yeah his pay is legit and we talked about how underwhelming this pass rush has been um so i went back and looked uh, at the numbers their pass rush numbers through the broncos game which was week eight or actually i think it was week seven the, the raiders game was week eight so in that raiders game they had two sacks from rochelle and jerry tillery in week nine against the dolphins they had one sack which was tillery in week 10 i believe that was the what is this no that was the dolphins game excuse me um, zero sacks and the last three weeks against the bills, the jets and the Patriots, they have five sacks total with three of those coming from Bosa in just one game, the bills game and Perryman and Kenneth Murray having the other two sacks. So I'm looking at these numbers, man, and these aren't good pass rushing numbers whatsoever, right? Like Bosa, so you're telling me that since the last month and a half, the last six weeks, Bosa only has three sacks and they all came in one game. That's not good. And like, we all know Bosa is an animal. We all know that he's a freak of nature and offenses specifically game plan to take him out of it. So I'm not terribly surprised to see him go some stretches without sacks because he's like, you know, by the end of the, the season, he's going to get his, but when Bosa's not able to be a factor, there really isn't anyone who can step up and make a difference. And, you know, Tillery had, you know, uh, He has three sacks on the season he had two from the stretches of week eight to week nine but then you know the last month he's been a he's kind of been a pain in the butt he's been getting penalties all the time he's making stupid mistakes and that's why he's benched this week not i mean he's not starting he'll play but uh that's why anthony lynn is having isaac rochelle start at the base end position opposite joey bosa so edge rusher is a big need if you look at the numbers it is just all too apparent um one other edge rusher is Gregory Rousseau? He's a six-seven. I think he's about two sixty-five, two seventy from the University of Miami. Um, we don't need to go in depth about him, but again, six-seven is no joke. This guy looks like he's kind of made in a lab. Um, he he kind of wins by being, to me, just more physically imposing, longer, faster, stronger than the guys in front of him. I, I haven't seen a ton of refinement from his pass rush, like toolbox, um, but. Any any NFL team is going to see, again, 6'7", 265, and a guy who can run like a deer and say, I can probably do something with that. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, like what I have, I like guess my one-liner, like just quick, you know, um, he boasts great size and, you know, really good movement skills, but he's still raw in my opinion. He's still just piecing it all together. And he's a young guy. He's a young guy for sure. Um, and that could be a reason why, especially with these guys. Young edge defenders, like they show a lot of potential, but um, a lot of them are still raw, even if they're um, they're one of the, the better ones in the class. So taking someone like Pei, who has the experience, uh, who's developed uh, and is still developing, in my opinion. I talked about like his his counters and everything, but you can kind of see like he has more of that, that veteran presence when he plays in the position as opposed to Rousseau where you're taking more uh, upside with him.
1: Yeah, and, and we all know how much Anthony Lynn, Tom Telesco love their senior bowl players. They're, they're more experienced veterans of the college game um, when when they're going to use their draft picks, right? They, they don't like younger guys. They take the guys with experience, leadership, and, and all that. Um, going to probably what most would consider as the most – Uh, sought after need for the Chargers to fix this offseason is offensive line. I've got three names here. Penny Sewell, who's the consensus number one tackle for most people. If you're Daniel Jeremiah, you like Rashawn Slater from uh, Northwestern. There's another name. And then Christian Darasaw is another tackle, left tackle out of Virginia tech, who is kind of rising up draft boards. Uh, Just your thoughts on all three of these guys. Sewell's a name that the Chargers may not have a top three pick, which is kind of what may be necessary to get him. So talk about those three or at least talk about Slater and Darisaw, because they're a little bit more realistic, I guess, for the Bulls.
2: Yeah, so with Sewell, who I think will be a Bengal um, come April, he's got the mobility. Um, he's efficient in pass protection and uh, in run blocking the sizes there and just you're making on a basically um, an all-pro left tackle right there. Um, there's not a lot of cons, you know, I haven't wrote, written up an official scouting report, but I can tell you there's not going to be a lot of uh, cons and just his instincts are really good at the position too. With Rashawn Slater out of uh, Northwestern, um, kind of like a forest lamp situation where his length is being brought up a lot. And, you know, while he played tackle, um, people are already kind of pegging him as guard. Uh, I think that despite like the shorter arms, he's just, very smart, um, technically uh, efficient Not the position, you know, just to to keep pass rushers at bay. I think, you know, he can play all five positions on the offensive line. And when you look at these NFL teams, they covet versatility and he definitely has that. And then when you're talking about uh, Darisaw, he's going to be athletic. um, He's got the power and he's really good in the running game. And I think he can um, – excuse me. I think he can play a uh, tackle or guard as well. And a lot of these offensive linemen in this class, they have the versatility, and that's one thing that um, should stand out and should really intrigue fans, um, especially with this team. They like when their offensive line provides some versatility, and that's why I think um, not only just round one, there's a lot in round two that, um, that can fill – the voids, because it's not just tackle, you know, we're looking at mm-hmm. left tackle particularly. I know that's what fans are looking at. Sam, Sam Tevey needs to be gone. Da, da da But I think the team really likes Sam Tevy. And that's the one thing that would not surprise me really is if uh, the team decided to, to keep Sam Tevy and honestly make him like keep him as the, the starting left tackle. Cause he's the one player that I feel like has been like the most consistent in a sense, um, and again, they've loved him for a long time. And that part of me like uh, wants to believe that they're going to keep him around. I don't know what it is, but um, I, I think Tevi stays. He's one of the players that stays. But when you look at the interior offensive line, you have Forrest Lamp, who I could see more likely to be gone. Dan Feeney, um, he's kind of produced some bad play. And then Trey Turner, he's just, you know, deal with uh, injuries. So the interior Kind of is more of a priority, honestly, than just a tackle spot. Because then you got blogger there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you I agree. You let go of him. Honestly. Most people, you know, they point at tackle, but I think they're letting the names of Lamp, Feeney, and Trey Turner like make their eyes glaze over that position. Because the position hasn't been all that good. If uh, if you take into into, uh, what is it, pro football focuses, grades at all, take it with a grain of salt, but they've been really bad this year, and especially over the last month or so. Um, So guard is not out of the question. And and one guy I want to throw out there, he may not be a first round pick, is Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who um, was a left guard mostly for them, and then moved out to left tackle for a good portion of, of just this abbreviated season, and has absolutely killed it. So another versatile guy that's right in their backyard is, yeah, Vera Tucker. So I like him a lot. Um, Christian Darosaw, again this Virginia Tech guy. I like him. I think he's built really well. He's an easy mover. He has a little bit of nastiness to him. Could be more consistent, but like against you know Chaz Serrat, a good linebacker from UNC, and some good defenses, good competition, including Clemson this year. Um, I've just liked his tape. I, I think he's got some potential there. Um, last couple of positions he's got some potential. Uh, we got cornerback, and then it's like, we'll just call them pass catchers because we've got a tight end and a couple wide receivers.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: Uh, quickly on cornerbacks, two of the names we've seen mocked the Chargers: Caleb Farley, <laughs> two hundred six corner from Virginia Tech, and Patrick Sertain, which is yes, that Sertain's younger yes. uh, younger brother, son. Um, yes, you're that old if you can remember Patrick Sertain senior. So, talk about these two lengthy corners real quick.
2: Yeah, so it's it seems like the it's uh, Farley Patrick Sertain and then Horn corner out of South Carolina. He's in the mix um, for, like, the top corner. But with um, Caleb Farley, um, he's a guy who I think the Chargers would really like, just given his, uh, his size, his length. That's one thing that always stands out with the Chargers, especially if Gus Bradley is going to be the, um, the D.C. next season. But the most important thing is that he's got the speed and he's also got really good ball skills. That's the position. Um, really important traits to have, especially if you're going to be drafting a guy who you're banking on being the number one for uh for years to come and then uh from on the other hand uh patrick certain he uh he's not going to be like your fastest guy but um in alabama's uh defense he kind of like really knows how to lock down um receivers from just like uh a man-to-man press standpoint and then he does a really good job of uh of tracking the ball and finding the ball downfield
1: yeah, we, we know how Gus Bradley likes that length. Those ball skills come in handy, especially after a season like this one where the, the secondary is underwhelming in takeaways. And then lastly, just let's talk about this pass catch real quick. Um, it includes Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU, and Devonta Smith, another really good wideout from Alabama. Just give us a quick thoughts on those guys.
2: Yeah, so with, uh, with Chase, um, you know, he's going to be coveted as one of the – the number one wide receiver is one because of how well he does at uh, creating separation. And then he does a good job just catching the football. He has really good ball skills. Um are you did you mention uh Jalen Waddell or Devonte Smith?
1: Uh I, I had down Devonta Smith.
2: Uh Devonta he a little bit uh smaller wide receiver, it's not gonna be very fast, but um just like um Chase, really good ball skills and just like has a good feel uh, for the position. Um, he's going to one that's just going to consistently get open. And I know, like, for Chargers fans, they're kind of looking for speed, which is something that uh, his teammate, who's out, uh, Jalen Waddle has. Um, and then who was the other guy that you mentioned, Mike?
1: It was just Pitts, Chase, and Smith.
2: Okay. Um, and then with um, Kyle Pitts, he's going to be the first tight end taken. I don't know who else would go over Kyle Pitts but he's going to be just your classic um your tight end uh more pseudo wide receiver where he's going to be able to beat linebackers and safeties and um and honestly cornerbacks like even the most athletic cornerbacks that we've seen at all and he just does a good job of getting separation getting open and just catching everything uh thrown his way and just creating mismatches so you know I wouldn't be surprised if he's um, up there among the the top tight ends um honestly like in 2 3 years down the road since he's drafted and with the chargers um that's that's a wild card for me because we've seen him in mock drafts as early as four but i think they see that hunter henry is uh is a free agent and there's really reason to believe that the won't bring him back next year just given his injury history sure he's been productive but you know it just goes to show like how much are they willing to pay for a tight end sure you know he's basically the team's third uh, wide receiver fourth, if you're including Austin Eckler, but um, again, you know, there's going to probably be another team uh, that's going to be dishing out money for him, and it just makes you wonder if the chargers are going to be in their same situation where they're just going to let a, not one of their guys go and has every question in their heads. But, you know, then that kind of leads people to believe that like Kyle Pitts would be um, basically uh, uh, his replacement And I firmly believe that um, they don't necessarily – they should go that route, but I wouldn't be mad at the selection just given how good Pitts is. Like, he's basically another receiver, but he has um, good, yet developing blocking skills too for the position.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I love the the group that pass catcher would be a little off for me. I don't don't think it's really that much of a necessity, but – when you do look at maybe worst case scenario for whatever reason, Hunter Henry, for some reason, doesn't resign. Uh, They don't keep Mike Williams long-term. I mean, all of a sudden you've got Keenan Allen and then just like a bunch of guys, right? Guyton's been fine, but you know, early returns on Joe Reed and KJ Hill are not what probably a lot of people expected either. So like if worse comes to worse, this wide receiver group pass catcher group could be shrunk and just a whole lot of nothing outside of Keenan Allen, like, you know, within a year or two. So, I understand I would still much rather go with, again, offensive line, edge rusher, something along those lines. Uh, but that about does it for this show. Gavino, I appreciate you as always. Um Before we let you go off, um, anything that you'd like to plug?
2: No. Uh, you know, if you don't follow me, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Gavino Borges, um, as well as the Chargers Wire. Um I'm really, really – Getting into um, my scouting reports, and which will all lead to the uh, the charge the wire draft guide. Um, I did one last year where I had a little over 200 prospects, but I'm shooting for 250, if not more than 250 um, scouting reports done. And then over the next few months, I will be dropping them individually on the website. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to drop all 250, but just for the top prospects, and then it all come together and, and then in like a PDF file which is all free but I'm excited um it's been a weird year you know hopefully 2021 is better but we're fortunate to still have football and get tape on these prospects and while uh it's been a rough year for the Chargers I know the future of this team is bright um you know hopefully it's without Anthony as coach and we're able to bring in a another guy who can really lead this team to uh To the Super Bowl because I firmly believe that you know the talent that they have now, and that they could bring in just given where they're going to be picking in the draft, the money that they're going to have in free agency. I firmly believe that this uh, team's like a couple years from uh, from making a run, um, despite the uh, the Chiefs still being there. I could see them uh, making a pretty uh, deep run the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I have to. I think everything can come together and you know surprise everyone I, again the talent the potential the future it just you have to find the right guy to make that all uh, come together for um the better but uh gavino appreciate it as always thanks again for all the information i'm sure everyone listening to a ton about some of these top nfl prospects but uh again appreciate it always and we'll talk to you here soon Bye. thanks mike